Welcome to the next part of our Star Wars space and sci-fi themed episode. And continuing with that theme, I am joined by Ashley Rule, cinematic designer on Star Wars The Old Republic. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, so talk a little bit uh, a little bit about yourself. What um, made you decide that uh, cinematic designer was something that you wanted to do? Uh, well, I honestly didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know that that was a thing you could do in video games. Uh, I originally went to school for animation, and I was just really interested in character stories. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'll shoot for Pixar. We'll see how that goes. Um, but at my school did have a burgeoning game program. It was very young at the time. It was 2010, so they were just starting to do it. And uh, I kind of fell in love with the interactivity of the storytelling there and just the idea that it's not just telling a story, it's also helping a player craft a story. Um, and with my proficient knowledge of, of filmmaking and a bit of character animation experience, uh, I was able to apply to my first game job, which was Star Wars The Old Republic, <laughs> right out of school. And uh, that so that was my first job as a cinematic designer. And literally, it was a friend of mine who worked in the industry, who worked at the studio, saying, you know, our studio is hiring cinematic designers. I'm like, what is a cinematic designer? And now I've been doing it for 10 years. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a very niche uh, field in games that not a lot of studios have. But uh, I think it's a really it's a really cool way to to tell stories in games. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like playing games with a good story, and when the uh, cinematics are really high quality. Um, makes the story come alive in a way that just having a static camera just doesn't do. So having that sort of cinematic element to it really sort of draws you in as a player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's also a lot of artistry in taking the lessons from film and applying them to an interactive space. Uh, I think that, this is my personal opinion, I think that some games try to make movies and games while other games are trying to take film lessons and make them gamify them uh, to bring them into an interactive space. And I think we're still learning how to do that. And, you know, it happens whenever we move from medium to medium. When we moved from books to film, we were trying to make books, but visual. And we are still in that transitionary period of we're trying to make movies, but interactive. We haven't quite grasped how we make it best for games. Like what is the best way to create this visual storytelling that still connects people with what they understand visually, but isn't just a movie inside of a game. Yeah. Um, but certainly there's a long way, uh, by the way, it's making a lot of good progress towards that. I mean, uh, I'm a huge fan of Mass Effect as well. I know we're talking more about Star Wars, but uh, I think Mass Effect really kind of pushed it forward and influenced a lot of other games as mm -hmm. well, which, which is nice to see. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so obviously, Star Wars: The Old Republic is a Star Wars game, and that's uh, quite a well-known franchise. So, how does it feel to work on a Star Wars game? It's pretty wild. Uh, I feel very privileged to get to work within uh, the Star Wars world galaxy. Uh, there's so many Star Wars uh, properties out there, and you know, with the news that they're expanding to other. Uh, studios outside of ea that's it's it's really cool to just be part of that galaxy and that universe of of storytelling i uh, i remember when i first got the job 
coming out of school. That was when, you know, SWOTOR was still the hot ticket item uh, that everybody was talking about. And everyone was constantly like, release date, release date, when's the release date? And so that had a lot of clout with my friends when I first got that job. Um, and, you know, obviously it's died down a little bit for SWOTOR in the last decade, but the game's still going and it's it's still really fun to be able to tell uh, stories in that universe because after after my first stint on uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, I went to a bunch of different studios. I went to Tryon and Telltale and Gunfire and getting to come back to Star Wars was, all, it, it just felt good. Like it felt like I'm really excited to play in this space where it's it's magic it's sci-fi it's gunfights it's optimism it's romance it just has a lot of positivity and care within the in the within the story and i really enjoy that yeah i think um star wars has that those themes in it and i think it's one of the reasons why it's so popular is that no matter what the story is it has those themes that uh, a lot of people uh, identify with and find appealing which uh, makes makes Star Wars uh, so popular so long after the, the films started, and it's still going on really strong. And it has so much room too for uh, extension. Uh, I I recently finally watched through Clone Wars and Rebels, and there's just because it is so vast, there are so many little crevices that people can build new stories in. Mandalorian is another example. It's there. There's so much so much world to explore that you can just feast on star Wars knowledge and, and backstory and lore and kind of never be satisfied, <laughs> never be sated, <laughs> but also like get so much out of it and get, get to read, read and see so many different uh, pieces of a very much larger uh, puzzle. And yeah, it's just, it's really fun. Yeah. It's definitely got that. Cause you can, if you're watching a film and playing on the games and you think there's going to be, even though you can't see it, something interesting is going to be happening just around the corner because this world is alive uh, in a way that a lot of other uh, franchises don't quite manage to pull off. And it makes it very easy to get the imagination going. So you know something's happening there, but what is it? You start thinking up about these other stories that might be sort of off camera uh, that are happening to all these other people that, you don't necessarily see or maybe you'll see an extra just they've got an interesting costume or an interesting um appearance because you know an alien or something you see them just disappear off camera you think i wonder where they're going and what they're up to and what what's their story yeah yeah and i think the the universe also kind of gives you that license to imagine it and say that either i will build that detail in my head myself or i bet somebody already knows about that <laughs> character and i like i have a friend who's an expert in all of the different uh empire ship types and he'll he'll tell he'll just read off their serial numbers to me um and uh but yeah there's just so much just knowing that there is more to explore makes it all feel so much more real yeah so um can you talk a little bit about the cutscenes that you worked on? Like, um, what was the sort of the process that went into creating them, and have you got any good memories of actually working on them, or anything that really stands out? Hmm. Let me think. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm always a sucker for the romances. <laughs> <laughs> I love making romance scenes. I love 
creating a space uh, for players to feel connected to characters within the game in a more intimate setting. You know, it could be friendships, platonic. It could be romantic relationships. Uh, it could even be adversarial, just the, the very intimate moments of characters. Um, there's one scene in particular I, I love to recall. Um, it's a little bit of spoilers, but it's basically in... Uh, there's an expansion with... Uh, after you lose all your companions and you come back to them, uh, if you're a Sith warrior, you get reunited with Quinn. Uh, and Quinn, in the main storyline, betrays you. And uh, you have the choice to either kill him or, or forgive him. Or I don't think you actually get the choice to kill him, now that I think about it. I think people were mad about that. So that's where this scene comes in. And so you, if you romanced him, you could you know, uh, reignite the romance because he confesses that he still loves you. Uh, you could put him in prison. You could say, I could never put you in prison, my love, and then stab him. Uh, you could just straight up just kill him. And there's so many, there were like six or seven different ways that scene could play out based on your previous experience with him. Uh, and I, they were all fun. They were all fun to make because I know that people feel very strongly about Quinn. They either really like him or they really hate him. And so it was very fun to, to build that. Um, also just him being a proper Imperial gentleman, uh, I, I listened to the Jane Eyre soundtrack on loop while I was making that scene because I just wanted to get that that feel just right of sort of the restraint as he's trying to express himself. It was very, very fun. It must also be fun to be able to, to work on those different outcomes of a conversation because if you're doing a sort of a linear film, you've got the beginning, middle and end, it, it goes in one line, but with a game like The Old Republic, you can explore the different paths that it can go down. So you get to... Um, you actually get to make those other alternative decisions and then uh, see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of the things that's really important to me as a cinematic designer is that I want to make sure every path that the player can take feels very genuine to their story. None of the choices should feel like, you know, well, this is the this is the real through line and this choice is kind of, eh, we threw it in there. Like every choice uh, cinematically for me, I want to make it feel like, it really happened to your character and it really made an impact on the story. So if there's a moment where you kill a sympathetic character, I want you to really feel how bad that was, <laughs> even if, but it, you know, it's something that, that makes it feel real to your story. Uh, but that also brings up its own challenges, right? Because if you need the story to continue after that moment, you also need to stage it in a way where all the branches can come back together to the main story it still saves your conditionals but it still feels natural no matter what choice you picked that the scene would come back to the same resolution so that's the that's the tightrope tightrope we walk uh to make everything feel very individual and uh detailed but also bring it back to the main story yeah i can imagine that's quite a, a challenge i can't say i've finished all of the old republic characters and storylines but i have been I, i've been playing it since on not since launch and I've sort of progressed past the main story for uh, several of the classes and exploring the expansions. And uh, so I can't say I've seen everything, but I'm, I'm enjoying what I have been playing. And uh, it must have been a huge amount of work to, to do all of that because with a normal Bioware game, you get one story, but then this is eight individual <laughs> yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, 
it was it was definitely a, a very big undertaking uh, but it was a very cool project to be on at, at that scale so and and it's also interesting getting to to make content on a on a regular schedule as well that you know the story doesn't end it just keeps going and uh, we have the opportunity to keep like I, I can keep expanding on the relationships with these characters through my work. That must be good as well, because uh, I guess sometimes you, you finish the project and that's it. You never see those characters again. You're moving on to the next thing. And mm-hmm. this this way you get to, to still be part of something that you created. Yeah. And it's weird, too, that I, I got to work on it at launch and then I'm, I've am i come back. Uh, like I came back to Bioware in, in 2020. And so it, it felt like coming home, honestly. It felt like I get to come back to these characters that I haven't seen in forever and uh see what what have you been up to (laughs) (laughs) what what shenanigans have you gotten into this week yeah and yeah it's because i've given it some breaks in between when i'm playing it but i come back to it it's kind of obviously i'm just playing as a a player not as someone telling the stories but it feels like um well you said you kind of come back to it and the characters are they're still there and um you you want to carry on with them um and then I know there's a lot more content that I haven't played yet. Uh, I'm still in the shadow of Revan. Mm. So I haven't got um, to the, the new really story heavy expansions yet. I know bits and pieces of the story because um, I've seen memes and uh, heard bits and pieces. So I'm not too worried about the spoilers there, but there's still a lot to play through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some really, really uh, beautiful content there. Um, so. Obviously, it's a huge game. So, where can we find some of the scenes that you've worked on? You, you, you talked about some of the romance scenes, but if anyone listening wants to uh, sort of check out where was where your scenes were, because they've been inspired by this conversation, want to check it out what what do they have to where do they have to go in the game to see your content? <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, if you want to see the first stuff I ever worked on, uh, I worked on the world quests. World Quest Cinematics on Voss and Quesh. Those were okay. some of my first. There's actually uh, a fun story about that. When uh, I was on, uh, when when we first started at launch, we had this quest where the the designers wanted to put in a small cutscene that wasn't written. They had there was no dialogue to it, but they're like, it'd be cool if there was a camera here. And uh, they're like, yeah, this thing explodes. Can you put? a little cinematic in there and I just my eyes lit up and I went can I make it a cool guys don't look at explosions moment and they're like you certainly can and uh that became this wonderfully memed reddit post where everybody posts this is my character with the explosion behind it this is my character this is our whole group of characters and it just made my day it was beautiful uh that was some of the first stuff I made and then uh I also, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I, I worked on the final scene of Knights of the Eternal Throne. Uh, and then I also worked on the final scene of the uh, Echoes of Oblivion, one of our most recent uh, releases. And the and the end of Spirit of Vengeance as well. Those are probably my favorite, like, big, polished I've learned a lot of things as a cinematic designer, and I'm proud to still say these are my work <laughs> scenes. <laughs> it's, I don't work on videos as professionally like you do, but having a scene, I understand that something that you did a while ago, or you, you can watch it and think, I'm really proud of that piece of work I did. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I get completely understand what you mean there. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, I and I look at the I still have a a work a reel that I cut together of my work from 2011 and I've learned a lot as a cinematographer since then. And there are certain shots. Uh, I also didn't have moving cameras at the time, um, so there was there was limitations there. But uh, some of the stuff I look at, I'm like, that went on too long. Uh, and so, yeah, just seeing it's nice to find the work that you can look back and go, yeah, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely understand. And uh, you kind of answered my next question um, already. But how does it feel to see creative fans using the game? Uh, to make their own videos and make their own memes and other content because obviously you got a hand in that and you may see um, like the explosion you just talked about you may see that appear in someone's uh, creative effort uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah it's wonderful I love it I I am a dev that likes to look at fan creations and go to the reddits and go to the twitter and <laughs> and and see what people are talking about and of course that can be you know a, a minefield sometimes because there are people who have a lot of critique and sometimes it's not great but uh you know we I get really excited to see that my work inspires someone else to create I think that is the most magical thing that I can put into this world you know sometimes i think about um uh i'm not being like i'm not my full-time job isn't philanthropist or you know i'm not doing something to really change the environment or change social structures and it it bums me out a little bit because i'm like am i doing am i wasting my life but then i think about the kinds of creative stuff that i can inspire to other people if i can inspire them to create if i can inspire them to be more in touch with their emotions or their relationships that is the, the real magic for me uh, so getting to see fans who you know, memeify per- parts of the story or like show a capture with their characters it makes me feel like they've really connected with the content on a personal level and made it theirs and that is that is so special to me yeah i think that's important being able to um maybe it's not uh, saving the environment but inspiring people to be better at whatever it is they, they do, either just uh, creative or uh, something, improve their lives in some way. That's just as important as um, doing things like helping the environment because you're helping people be better. And um, especially in this last year, which has been very difficult, I think inspiring people to be creative and find uh, ways to, to get through this difficult time, that's important too because it can be a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my uh, one of my old coworkers used to say, uh, "What am I doing? I, we're just making toys for adults." But you know, <laughs> everybody everybody needs toys. Everybody needs uh, uh, forms of expression, and yeah, that can still that's still part of the human experience, and people need that. Yeah, I think so. So, um, moving on from the old Republic just a little bit, what what other games have you worked on? So uh, I've worked on. A lot of things from Telltale. <laughs> uh, it was about three years worth of Telltale titles. And uh, I also worked on Defiance, which is the transmedia MMO from Tryon Worlds back in 2013. Uh, and then more recently, I worked on uh, coordinating the cinematics for Darksiders 3 and uh, Remnant from the Ashes at Gunfire. Yeah, excellent selection of games you've worked on. Yeah. Uh, 
I do remember the Defiance uh, TV show. I never got around to playing the game, but it must have been quite a challenge to uh, incorporate the... Because my understanding was events in the game would affect the TV show, and I was, it must have been quite a challenge to try and balance that because some players might do something really ridiculous. And How do yeah, you translate we, into a game? Into I, a, don't a know if it, I don't know if it ever really got to that point. Okay. <laughs> I I didn't I wasn't really connected with that that part of it, but oh, okay. we, yeah, it was, yeah, it it was more, it felt more separated to me personally. Uh, just making a game for the show, we had characters from the show in the game, uh, yeah. but that was about the extent that I saw from it. Okay, uh, sorry to throw you off there. It's just um, I remember I really enjoyed the TV show, and I I never got around to playing the game, which is. Uh, because I enjoyed the TV show so much, I feel like mm. I should probably have <laughs> jumped in the game as well. But I just remember <laughs> that connection. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's a, I don't know. I, I can't speak to it that much, but I think it's a pretty different experience. I, I have some thoughts about that, but I can't, I probably shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. I, uh, <laughs> but yeah. That must've been fun though, to, to work on that game. That's again, another uh, sort of franchise that was, uh, quite popular uh, i remember the, the show went on for several seasons so yeah yeah definitely um yeah. it was it was really cool too because i got to work with uh uh, uh x bioware people there as well so it was uh it was cool to continue that that cinematic journey with them um so what's kind of the process for creating a, a scene in the game obviously someone has to write it um but do you start mapping out the, the do you, do you start animating the scene or do you have to wait for the dialogue to, to be recorded and sent to you? Um, and so how long does that process take? Uh, so I, I just approach it with, uh, I get a scene file, I get the dialogue and I just go basically. Okay. Uh, I have a blank timeline and I build it. Uh, and I, I listen to the voices and I think about what kind of uh, visual performance I want from it. Uh, I don't animate it. Uh, we have animations within the game that I can choose from. So okay. I, I build a performance from that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really fun to just get to hear what, what our uh, writers have come up with and build, build a scene and try to figure out. I, I think a lot about... Uh, where am I coming from gameplay wise? Where is the where's the player's headspace? Uh, are they going into a fight? Are they coming out of a fight? Are they running from an explosion? Are they tense? Uh, you know that kind of stuff. Uh, and how can I reflect that in in the cinematics? That makes a lot of sense, and uh, I kind of wish I had uh, a lot more um, that sort of option of uh, having a selection of animations that you can build into scenes of my own work rather than have to animate everything from scratch yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things a lot easier yeah i speaking as a as a former animator it is it is nice to be able to have an eye for animations and go mm, i don't like that hand gesture i do like that hand gesture and not have to animate each hand gesture myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I struggle with it and uh, i just just so you know, I'm extremely uh, envious of that system that you have to work with. I I personally wish that um, we had 
a more uh, outward facing, like just in general in the industry, that there was a more outward outward facing tool uh, of cinematic design. Uh, it's actually something I've been bouncing around in my head for a couple of years where uh, similar to Twine, it'd be like a storytelling engine where you can basically make your own short films or cutscenes, but that come with a prefab library of, of gestures. Uh, but every time I look to see, oh, what does Unity have or what does Unreal have in terms of animations, it's all combat and movement. And I go, but where's the hug? Where's the just shrug? Where Where's the very subtle like head gesture or weight shift or uh, just conversational animations uh, don't seem to be in the libraries? It's I mean, it's it makes sense because it feels like a lot of the games that are being made are more action oriented, but uh, not seeing as much just social, I guess, social behavior animations in those engines. Um, well, I can I can recommend uh, you have a look at iClone. It's um, some animation software that I use. And it comes with a basic set of animations, and then you can go onto the content store and you can buy more. And, of course, there are, like you said, lots of action ones. But then there also there are those conversation ones, and there are the hugs. And... Um, I've got some of those in my uh, library, but uh, uh, it can get uh, quite expensive to collect all these different animation packs. Mm. Um, so I do try and animate things manually. And I've done some motion capture as well, which is quite interesting. I've got one of those uh, Perception Neuron suits so I can wear it in the house. And I did have a romantic scene between two characters. But I only had one suit and no one to <laughs> interact with. And so I was in my living room, sort of putting my arms around the air, and I started thinking, anyone looking through the front window, walking past, is going to wonder what I'm doing, <laughs> because I just put my arms around the air and <laughs> hugging it. And then I had to um, then do it again from the other perspective, and I had to sort of factor in the height difference between the characters and mm. all that kind of stuff, which is fun. Yeah, yeah, that that is a very unique challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, if you check out iClone, you might find that uh, might might appeal to uh, what you've been looking for. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I just i I am spoiled um, from the the previous tools I've had access to in the libraries that uh, I've had. You know, stuff that comes down to like the the smallest eyebrow darts and gestures and uh very very minute actions that in a gameplay camera don't read but in a close-up camera really sell a character uh, so i can see why they wouldn't be as supported in in game engines yeah but i think they're important and especially yeah. in a game like the old republic where it's very story focused and you get a lot of scenes which are characters talking to each other. You need that those little detail animations that make them feel more alive than just standing there holding their weapon and saying some dialogue before they go and run off and for the next piece of action. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, anyone that's interested in getting into cinematic design, wh where would you recommend that they, uh, what, what would the starting point be that you'd recommend? Um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like every game dev story, it caveats with a lot of luck. Um, the fact that I sort of fell into this position is a very unique, uh, but a very similar story that comes across the industry. So it's very hard to, I feel like, 
shoot for a cinematic position. Um, but I think some of the tools uh, that you can practice uh, if you're comfortable with a character animation is a great place to start just to understand uh, human behavior. Um, acting classes are great for that. And then in terms of cinematography, uh, I find fan trailer editing. Like if you start with games that you enjoy and you capture them and try to either edit a story together of the content that's already there or put together a trailer describing the story of the game is a great way to show off your editing skills and your timing and understanding uh, drama and uh, how well how well you can express a story in a very short amount of time. Uh, yeah, I, I think studying the, the language of film and the body language and, and character animation is like the fundamental part of it. Uh, and yeah, I think machinima too is a huge part of it. Uh, I was, I know a lot of cinematic designers that started out doing machinima and using that as their reel because it is taking game assets and uh even with when you have an animation budget and you have a studio that'll support it you don't necessarily have all the animations you need to create a cinematic so you got to work with what you have so uh if you can create something very emotionally connected with machinima it it shows a lot uh for your editing skills and your camera skills uh that i think shows well on a cinematic design review well, I hope uh, anyone listening finds that uh, helpful if, if they're looking to get into uh, animating cutscenes for video games. So uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's about it. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, talking about your experiences working on the games, uh, the other yeah, public and the other games me. as well. Yeah, it's been great talking to you. Um, so uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> And, oh, God, I know this. I I don't want to say and also with you. I know that's not the thing you say. (laughs) May the force be with you always. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks.